on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. We've got a huge announcement, GA4U. Google and Microsoft ads are both hoping to drive sales with new vehicle ad formats. And the bird has a new feature for merchants, which shoppingly has one big piece missing. <laughs> All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Welcome. Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. With new shows every Friday. every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely hot. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhel. AKA Shop. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on March 18th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another show. Greg, do you have anything to update us on? Yes. First up, we're going to keep starting the show each and every week until this Russian invasion is done, talking about how people can help Ukraine. And there's a lot of digital marketers out there that are helping. Um, Tim Solo has a uh, kind of chronicling what is happening as in his hometown and uh, in the Ukraine and just the Ukraine in general. And he is a great follow at Tim Solo. He is the CMO at Ahrefs. In uh, this week, he had had kind of vetted and said, here's one of his friends who is accepting donations. Um, and there's a link, facebook.com, uh, uh, Alexei Bertolin. Um, we'll put that up on the screen here. And um, he says he's from my town. I know him personally. And you can see that they're doing a good job. So we're going to keep doing that um, each week, talk about how we can we can help uh, in, over in the Ukraine. And I would give Tim Solo a follow. And if you can, uh, consider donating to Alexei here. Yes. Thank you, Tim. And everyone in Ukraine, our thoughts are definitely with you. Greg, what do you have going on here this week? Well, I am a father of twins, as you know. And Oh, you have kids? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't talk about that. And when you have twins, people will tell you that they make up their own language, and it is a complete lie. They just troll you at the same time with things, and they tag team the trolling that they give. Mm. It's not a real language. It's just made up words that they try to pretend that you can't understand, and they don't even know what they're talking about, but it hit like an all-time high. I always lecture my kids. It's, it's got to be awful to have me be the, the, your dad. But I'm like, oh, hey, you know what? You made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. You know what? There's not a single person in the world that hasn't made a mistake. So don't worry. Mistakes happen. And they look at me and go, even Billy Johnson? And I'm like, Billy Johnson? <laughs> I bet Billy Johnson makes mistakes. And they're like, from Pickle County. What? And they're like, yeah, Pickle County. And I'm like, Billy, who's Billy Johnson from Pickle County? And they go to me and they go, Billy Johnson from Pickle County makes chocolate-dipped pickles with salad sauce. What? Salad sauce. Dressing? I don't know what this is. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, Alexa, is there a Billy Johnson? What is going on here? And they just keep going back and they're talking about salad sauce and chocolate covered pickles. And I'm like, guys, you're missing everything I'm saying here. And I don't know what on earth you're talking about. And I don't know who Billy Johnson is or what a salad sauce could possibly be. That's amazing. And so that's what that's what I deal with every day. We got to get Billy Johnson on a marketing talk. Who is Billy Johnson? I just assumed he was a sports player, know, but, but it I, sounds like not. I feel like 
I am in a simulation half of most of my life, right? And so they, the kids tell me this, and I'm like, I, you look at my search history. It's Billy Johnson. What is a chocolate cover pickle? Does anybody say sales talks? Is this from a cartoon? Like, is there anything like this? And so then um, there's a video, a TV commercial from a competitor to Ahrefs that came out yesterday. It is the dumbest commercial I've ever seen. First, sorry in advance for those people. The actor comes out and says, my name is Billy Johnson. And I'm like, it might have said Bill Johnson, but I'm like, what, what is going on? Your kids are little SEOs. I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> I'm just getting trolled nonstop in my house. How about you, Jess? I am also getting trolled, I think, because I told you guys a couple weeks ago that my son noticed when my nails weren't black, they were red, and he asked me why. So then the other night, I was wearing purple to bed pajamas. He's like, why are you wearing purple? Kids on to me, right? <laughs> so last night... We're reading our bedtime story. It's a beautiful book called Here We Are, Notes for Living on Planet Earth. And it talks about planet Earth and all the creatures on it, whatever. And we get to this page about people and how people are different. And my son says, this one's mommy. And we'll put the, the picture up on the video. And I just pasted it into the notes. Look at this individual that he thinks is me. He's a sad Goth guy. <laughs> that is the most accurate representation of you, Jess. I, oh my gosh. I staged this photo because I wanted to tell the story, so but sad. I swear to everything that this is a real thing that he did. He said, this one's mommy and pointed at that fella with the emo hair and the all black and like the bad posture. Yeah, you have better posture than Which that. like, I get that. I feel seen, but what? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's wonderful being a parent. Wow, that really made my day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Yeah. What's going on with you, Chef? Well, by the time this episode is released, tomorrow is the big day. It is Saturday, and I will be making my way to, what is it called now, Key Bank Center? I don't even know. To watch the March Madness basketball. Trademark. <laughs> Register trademark. You got to say the big bracket or something like that. It's like the Super Bowl. You know? Oh, yeah. Should bleep it out? No, it's fine. So anyway, really looking forward to it. Have no idea what time it's going to be because they're just rude and don't care about people's lives. Hopefully I'll know by Friday. <laughs> I'm going to two games apparently. I'm going to be there for hours, but at least I didn't have to go on Thursday to like four games. And Greg has volunteered me to record the whole thing. Two facts. Um, as like a <laughs> no. takeover on our Instagram yes, story? not to okay. record the whole thing. I don't want you going. I was like, just going to go live the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to hear play by play. Yeah. It's going to be really good. All this the snacks I'm getting. Bouncing the ball on the court. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just pick the ball up. Yeah. So we're also commemorating March Madness. We're, we did a bracket. So thank you to everyone who signed up. It's too late if you didn't yet. But I was really proud of my name. It's pretty good. At Large Bid Strategy. Second and what was name. yours? Mine was Performance Brax. I thought mine oh, was better. Oh, that's cute. What was yours, Jeff? What's all this bracket? <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> But follow at Marketing Clock on Instagram. That's where the takeover is going to be, right? Yes, it's going to be really good. And I went out of my way to pick a team that I'm hopefully going to see if they went on Thursday. I picked Providence. Mm -hmm. I also picked them because their mascot, the friar, looks like my sister Kathleen. So I'm wow. just really... <laughs> <laughs> yes, She's not listening, right? <laughs> oh, she already knows, I think, that. And it's not too late. You can still sign up, community.marketingclock.com. We have a marketing O bracket channel in there. And I think if you pick the winner, it counts as like an entire round. So if you didn't sign up, you could still do it. You just got to hit the winner. Okay, so, take oh, it back. There you All go. Right. It's never too late. Or wait, no, you probably can't. Yeah, because the first game. Because the first started. game is. Okay, so I take everything I just said back. You're out. <laughs> but for the 26 people that did sign up, 
we are going to donate. Um, uh, buy me a coffee, like we talked about, the Anton Schalke for each one. So 26 coffees going to the Ukraine to help cats and dogs in shelters in Kiev, Ukraine. So everybody that signed up, you are helping save Ukrainian animals. Love that. So, and you can win money. And we have a new merch drop coming. We can't announce it yet next week. And it's one that is geared towards more less skulls, let's say. Mm, bummer. So, everybody should like it, except for the person yeah. that Jess's son pointed at in the book. It's a good one. And don't miss this month's episode of The Agency Scoop. If you haven't caught it yet, our CGO here at Cypress North, Jill Fetcher, is sitting down with Charles Fashana. He works for the AAA here in Western New York. It's a really great episode because he's worked on the client side and the agency side. So he has a great perspective from both angles. So check it out wherever you're listening to this. And on that note, do you have news for us? Oh, we've got mm. news. And if you haven't been on Twitter and you don't follow SEOs, it was a, a good old fashioned hullabaloo on Twitter <laughs> on Wednesday as Google released a post called Prepare for the Future with Google Analytics 4. After you read through the first few paragraphs that are complete nonsense, you get to the part where they say, we are will begin sunsetting universal analytics next year. All standard universal analytics properties will stop processing new hits on July 1st, 2023. Given the new Analytics 360 experience was recently introduced, Universal Analytics 360 will stop on October 1st, 2023. But everything will cease to exist with the GA3 or Universal Analytics version. That's now, soon. That's very soon. Yes. And you may be thinking, well, it's not going to record any hits, but I have that data. You would be wrong. So they go on to say at the very end of the article as well that th those are the dates when the hits will stop being processed. The 1st of July and the October 1st of July 2020, October 1st of 2023 <laughs> for 360. And you will be able to have your previously processed data in Universal Analytics for at least six months. So a minimum, you've got it to February 2024. But that's a that's a big deal that that I can't recall anything ever going away before where it's like you've just because it, again, when you move to Universal Analytics, you still have all of what was tracking before. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a fundamental change with the way things are. Mm -hmm. um, Google goes on to say that, that one of the main elements here is that it's privacy first and that Universal Analytics was built for a generation of online measurement that was anchored in the desktop web and used cookies. And that GA4 operates across platforms, does not rely exclusively on cookies, and uses event-based data model to deliver user-centric measurement, so whatever. Um, another big element in this is that there is going to be, the GA4 will no longer store IP addresses. So that's a big uh, fundamental change. And as we've seen, I don't think Google has a choice here. Everybody is blowing up Google here and mm -hmm. saying like how terrible this is. We've seen it in the EU that it's not compliant in many cases. And it seems like this is a change that has to happen. I don't think that they wanted this to happen. And GA4 has been around for two and a half years. And they've probably worked on it for maybe the half year, right? Like two years, it was hot garbage. Mm -hmm. And now they're releasing updates. And, you know, last week or the week before, they updated the homepage. So you need GA4 now. And then 
I think we'll see a lot of solutions. I hope we'll see a lot of solutions to try to extract that data from universal analytics. Obviously, we're not going to get all of it, but at least to be able to have some sort of comparison. Not going to be perfect, but it, it is valuable to have that comparison. I wished that before they announced this, that they made some sort of import tool. And maybe even it's a, they're different metrics. And I know it's not apples to apples, but even if we can compare apples to oranges in the past, that would be beneficial. And that never happened. I'm very surprised about this because it's an oversight. And I feel like this is rushed. I don't think there's anybody out there that would say this launch is ru isn't rushed. Mm -hmm. But it's also essential. They have to do. I feel like they have to do because nobody's right going to go to GA4 unless they're like pushed. No, I also feel like privacy wise, oh. mm -hmm. they need to get off UA. It's a completely different way. This is event based. There's no cookies. They need to get here in order to, for everything else to fall into place. And I don't think they have an option other than doing this. I'm just very surprised that it's such a rush job. Yeah. That being said, you can still do everything in GA4. Um, and one thing that I thought was interesting as well is there are already other platforms out there that seem to be taking action on this. And, and this is a great time to try other solutions out there. So Phantom Analytics at use Phantom on Twitter says, don't panic folks, our Google Analytics importer is nearly ready. So if you're looking to go to nearly the location, like GA4. <laughs> well, they've got 15 months to be fair. So there are going to be other solutions you will want to try. We'll keep you up to date on everything out there and what we re recommend when these things do roll out. Additionally, Lawrence Chassis at L Chassis on Twitter had, tw had seen the future here. On March 10th, he said he, he saw in a recommendation in Google ads that there was you get your optimization score, in this case, moved up 1% by setting up GA4. And he said, previously, I did not have a percentage amount attached to the GA4 being set up, encouraging brands to get it set up in parallel with their universal account. But the percentage value, even small, could be a signal that the time is coming sooner, sooner rather than later for the transition. That's a good point. People have their conversions set up off of goals. And Lawrence spotted six days ahead of time. So follow him at Al Chassis on Twitter, a absolutely great follow. And the other thing that is a fantastic point is from Joe Youngblood at Youngblood Joe on Twitter. And he makes the statement saying, I don't care that Google is forcing us into GA4. I care that they are one, deleting all prior analytics data. Two, not providing a historical view in GA4 that merges the old data in. This should be entirely unacceptable by business owners and marketers. I'm, I'm with, it's hard to argue against that. Mm -hmm. I understand you can't have that comparison, but just to delete everything starting 2021, let's say most people might have had that set up, maybe 2020. That is a massive loss of data. Yeah, that's a lot. So I'm excited for the innovation that will come to hopefully extract this information and what happens. But this is, again, it's something that we've been telling you about for a long time now. Um, also, Dana Tommaso has a LinkedIn course. If you're looking for that, uh, over at Kickpoint Inc. is where she works. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, and it is about, if you don't know J4, it's a, a, a course. 
we're also going to run through a sort of an emergency show here helping to to alleviate your concerns and what to do and we're going to rush that as, as fast as we possibly can so well we're not going to rush it. it's going to be good but we're going to mm-hmm. get it to you as fast as we can so j4 here to stay ua goodbye Okay, everybody, Barry Schwartz has a new article on Search Engine Roundtable, and he is giving us the lowdown on Google's new vehicle ads. So first of all, the original Google article, I just feel like they're listening to our show. They're just giving us a run for our money. Maybe they're not communicating with the analytics team, and they thought this would be our main story. The title was, (laughs) Get Into Gear with Vehicle Ads on Google. They're that's coming a, for us. I feel it. Like, yeah. That's a significant shift in their titles. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're really driving the point home. <laughs> I'm just staying out of this. <laughs> Stay in your lane, Chuck. Okay. <laughs> so this is a new ad format on search that shows nearby cars for sale. This is currently available in the U.S. and is coming to more countries soon, but no specific details on that. So these can optimize for both online conversions and offline conversions, so store visits, which I think is a really neat feature. Um, So, for example, they say if you search for a 2019 SUV, someone would see several vehicle options that that they can either purchase nearby or get delivered. Mm. That's bougie. (laughs) (laughs) And they have pictures and inventory information like location, make, model, price, and mileage. Once they select a car, the ad would direct them back to the vehicle description page on your website where they can fill out a lead form or get your dealership's contact information. You can then select which actions you'd like to measure. So you could either measure leads or store visits and assign them value. Um, To use this, as you can probably guess, you'll need to create a vehicle inventory data feed and connect it to Google Merchant Center. So anyone who wants to use this ad type needs to get it set up in Merchant Center. And Google uses details from Merchant Center to match shoppers with the most relevant cars as they're searching. And in this article from Google, they say that they announced it at the National Automobile Dealers Association. So first of all, nada. Interesting (laughs) name. Second of all, do you think the people in the audience were like kind of mad? Doesn't that like, do you think the salespeople were there? Mm. National Automobile Dealers Association. What'd they be mad about? I feel like if I were Karen, remember the lady who sold me my car and, and went out of her way to turn my my pennies into quarters when I bought a yes. car last year. So I went, I bought a car, leased. <laughs> and Karen at West Chevy, we had some pennies in the cup holder because we're just dirty people. And when we went back in the new car, there were quarters instead of pennies. I love that. So she's out here doing that and I just feel like, I don't know how this would work. Like, I guess it's up to the dealership what salesperson it would be assigned to. I don't know. I've just heard their margins are really low already. They get such a bad rap. And I feel like now we're just coming for them with our ads. Isn't this good, though? I feel like it's good. I can just see Karen being mad. But she's going to get more leads. She's going to get more pennies to turn into quarters, right? I don't know. Are they going to go through Karen or are they going to go through someone else at the dealership? Good point. I'm not going through Karen again. I'm clicking on an ad and seeing where it takes me. Wow. Shots for 50 cent pieces. <laughs> okay, so after, actually, I think this other announcement came before, but Microsoft also announced this week that they are expanding their automotive ads. So these are rolling out globally and they're also getting more placements. They've already been eligible to show in Bing search, image, and video results, but now they're going to be eligible to show. Um, 
in the Microsoft Audience Network, in the Microsoft Autos Marketplace, and the Windows Search Bar. This format will also be showing on Yahoo and DuckDuckGo. That's where I do most of my searching, in the Windows Search Bar. I always bring that up. <laughs> I have so many client calls with B2B people, and they're like, Bing, like, who's searching there? And every time I'm like, they usually don't know. And a lot of times it's people in their Windows search bar. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're in an ad for a 2019 Chevy Trax. I know? wasn't searching for that on my desktop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they have some plans for the future here with this ad type. So they're going to support motorcycles and RVs. They're going to support monthly pricing and leasing options for people like me who don't want to commit. They're going to support more visuals and attributes, um, such as an attribute for electric vehicles. So there's a lot of good stuff happening out there if you're a Karen and you want to sell some cars. So be sure to pay attention to the latest announcements. Jess, do you have any more news for us? Yes. Karen may not be rejoicing about that last story or your glowing review of her, but merchants are rejoicing. From The Verge, Twitter is rolling out a new shopping beta called Twitter Shops. These are really good at naming things. Fleets was their best work. I, I maintain that. Uh, Naming-wise. And it's gone. Not feature-wise. <laughs> Naming-wise. Uh, Twitter shops will let sellers add a virtual storefront to their profiles for customers to browse. This is different. You might have remembered several months ago, we talked about the shop module that they were testing with a really, really small number of brands that was like a product carousel. Looking back at the Verge's cover on that, it allowed purchases being made without leaving Twitter. This Twitter shops is different. It does not. It's not actually shoppable. So the shop <laughs> listings will link you out to the company's website in an in-app browser to actually com compete, complete your purchase. So they made a link tree. Basically, but right. it looks nice. You get like a nice little button that says view shop and you actually get a de dedicated profile link, which is nice. And it does look really good, but it sends folks back to your shop your mm -hmm. online store, which uh, extra step for users, but might lower the barrier for entry to brands. So I'd, I don't hate it, but it would be nice to have an in-app option to reduce friction. Um, so on the business side, the feature is being rolled out to select merchants and managed partners in the U.S. So not a huge list, but hopefully it'll be widely available soon. On the customer side, for now, only users in the U.S. will be able to see the shops, and per typical Twitter, only iOS users in the U.S. will mm. be able to see the shops. It is free to use, which is nice, but they're just doing so many things, testing different ways for folks to monetize. So I don't know if down the line there's a play where like super follows could get exclusive product releases or something cool. I'm just spitballing, though. That wasn't part of the announcement, but I just feel like if you're not going to let people shop in your platform, how can they add value? How can they get people to do this, I guess? So that's kind of where my mind is going, but they're doing other stupid monetization things, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. This example kind of makes me think of a new thing because I hate it that I'm going to post in the notes. It was in our design channel today, and it says, marketing team, sex sells, designer, say no more. Did you see this? No. What? I just put it in the notes. And it's a picture because they had rolls in the example of the shops. And it's a picture of like baked rolls in a tray. And then it, it makes it look like it's someone's abs because the packaging looks like jeans and a t-shirt. But Where that's like not so what rolls gross. are. Where did you get this from? I think Jill Fetcher put it in the design Slack channel today. Why am I in the design channel and you guys aren't? I am. I just... I don't. Yeah. Isn't because I don't so need this. This is the worst thing I've seen all day. <laughs> and it's 4.30. <laughs> anyway, watch a YouTube video. We'll show oh. it. All right. And last up here in the main news this week, we reported on it. Breaking news. Last show. 
where Gannett had billions of ads that were inadvertently placed on Gannett-run sites where advertisers thought they're on USA Today. And so instead of USA Today, they go on a, a subsidiary like a Lehigh, Lehigh Valley or something like that. You know, it's a nice place. They're, they're local stations. So again, the ads were there. They're just not on the inventory that was sold to them in the programmatic ad buy. We've got a little bit more information here, so I want to update that story and then some other misinformation that's out there. So Jeff Burkett, who is the VP of Product Display Advertising at the USA Today Network, went a deep dive into what happened. And essentially, it was mistakenly passing inaccurate values to the header bidding calls. And it started because they had upgraded in May of last year their ad stack to support the ORTB 2.5 standard, which is the best practice in the industry that they wanted to support. But with all the different sites, and I'm adding a little bit of this in here, um, they had passed objects in at the page level, not at like an absolute site and domain level. So their things got messy essentially because it was everything was at the page level and then it got cached on the server. Um, they said that the QA process was extensively checked when this launched, the issue didn't present itself. Um, another thing that they said is it's important to understand that the spec is not only a set of signals being passed, but the domain of the page was always correctly passed as the refer in the request headers. So it does seem like people should have seen this wasn't coming from USA Today because the domain was always correctly passed as a refer. So that's something I didn't know before. Like it was in the wrong spot, but they weren't lying about it. It was seems like a very honest mistake here. Um, and they said they provide the majority of the vendors with site-specific placement IDs. So again, that if there were inaccurate values, they were never used to inform ad decisions or brand safety, and that they were the ones that brought this to the table and fixed it, I believe, within hours of the bug report. So that was all very interesting to see the behind the scenes. I also saw a tweet from PPC Greg at PPC Greg on Twitter of a, actually it's an article from MarTech Today and it broke this all down if you want to not read a Twitter thread. And one of the very damning statements in this article was that Greg highlighted, he said, given this, and this is about all the backstory, how can any company have faith that their programmatic advertising spend is reaching the audience they want, period? And that this is like the crux of why I'm so overly furious sometimes at mm -hmm. Google and all these other locations. It's like having that placement report and having accurate data is a godsend. And then to hide up to 20% to 30% of your placements, that is terrible, mm -hmm. right? Like these are problems. Um, and it's like you should be using this to showcase your transparency in all these partners that you're paying out and the brand safety that people should know about where their ads are showing up and what specific sites. And Google, instead of running towards a direction of what people want, they're running towards the direction of trying to have programmatic type reporting, which is absolutely insanity to me that this is their roadmap. This is like a, a, a short-term OKR that they're just trying to hide stuff to pump everything up. It's like not a strategic yeah. change. And then I saw a tweet as well, which I went off on in our Discord channel, community.marketingclock.com. But Rand Fishkin had cited a email newsletter about this that talked about the, the placements not being what they had thought. 
And he chimed in saying, billions of misdirected ads and no one noticed. This is another great example of how performance advertising might just be a giant scam. Claiming credit Again. for con- claiming credit <laughs> for conversions that were almost certainly going to happen anyway. I want to make this as clear as day. There was no conversions being having credit claim for them that was inaccurate. This is nothing to do with performance advertising. That day, he did it, like, I think about 6 o'clock or something, Eastern time. There was some back and forth, and he doubled down. I was talking about performance advertising. And I am just so sick of this. To his credit, he went back and and, and walked it back and apologized. But I put out a tweet the next day saying, this example is literally not performance advertising. Additionally, in the Gannett example, I never saw any notice of incorrect crediting of conversions in the case once, nor in most programmatic debacles. This is a lazy, inaccurate take. <laughs> Hashtag PPC chat. Fire. People are chiming in. R- again, Rand apologized and then updated his tweet after this. But and I was I was fairly mean and I also said something like, when you sell a hammer, everything looks like a nail because obviously he does influencer marketing. But if anybody says something is categorically wrong or has it absolute you shouldn't listen to them that's the only absolute i'm going to give mm. that's only this is the only absolute you should listen to is that you shouldn't listen to absolutes and it just grinds my gears so much then we have to walk everything back and clients are going to ask us about this it's like you have so much so big of a following and you don't know what performance advertising is and you double down on it the same night and it's like everybody just chimes in everybody thinks this is terrible and it's not it was a mistake in programmatic advertising not performance advertising and there's no instance with conversions and according to Gannett it seems like the header was all accurate from where this traffic came from so I understand it's a mistake it is a terrible mistake and this is why programmatic advertising has problems and why Google should be seizing the day on this and why people don't know about advertising shouldn't talk about it. Do you need some water? No. Do I? <laughs> some aspirin? <laughs> so I just have a question. Is performance advertising a scam? No. <laughs> no. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. So this week's Take of the Week is a thread, really, from Sam Tomlinson, Alyssa Altman, and Kirk Williams, at Digital Sam I Am, at PPC Kirk, and at Alyssa underscore Altman on Twitter. And Sam Tomlinson made some fantastic points that I don't think many people truly know and understand about GA4. PPC Kirk started by talking about It'd be nice if there weren't these major overhauls to the user interfaces and what people have to learn. And Sam came in and started talking about the fact of saying, I mean, maybe is what he writes. There are plenty of industries where material components of the trade change every three to five years, and the underlying principles are largely the same. So then Kurt comes in and says, I think what takes place in our industry is more akin to the shift between gas and electric vehicles. Even changes in a vehicle are built around the core of how a vehicle works. Shocks, spark plugs, it's not the core that's changing endlessly like we get, I would argue. Sam says, but is the core of what marketing experts do really changing? The principles that you'd use to analyze GA4 data are largely the same as the principles you'd use to analyze UA data. The components and levers are different, but the underlying principles seem to be similar. 
And there's a little bit more back and forth about does it really have to change? And PPC Kirk says, is there a way to change the mechanics without overhauling the tool UIs? To which Sam comes in, and this is the take of the week. He says, from a data standpoint, not really. UA uses six different hit types, page view, screen view, timing, event, e-commerce, social, exception, which all have different scopes. J4 uses an event-based model for everything. So you need an entirely new data processing engine. The marketing is still the same. What we're trying to do is still the same. It's just a different tool because it has to be. And I don't think people understand that fully, but Sam does. And go follow Sam. He's one of the best, most thoughtful follows on Twitter in the PPC space. At Digital Sam, I am Sam Tomlinson. Thank you. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. ICYMI, people, from former Marketing A Talk guest, one of our favorites, AJ Wilcox, at WilcoxAJ on Twitter. He says, did you know LinkedIn only recognizes 30% of job titles? meaning you miss out on 70% of your audience by only targeting this criteria. Tip, expand your targeting to include criteria like skills and job functions to reach more of your target audience. I think this is such a nice tip because with the job title targeting, you're never gonna find the content rock stars, the client happiness wizards, the growth ninjas, (laughs) or the digital gurus. They're not on there, so you've gotta use the skills. I love this, AJ is the best with LinkedIn ads. So to, be, you, to be fair, I don't know if you want to target the growth ninjas. Oh, why not? For like your marketing <laughs> yeah. bro protein powder? Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so definitely give him a follow. Thanks, AJ. Now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, Google announced on the Google Ads developer blog that on March 14th, they launched the full version of the new Google Ads scripts experience. So they said the beta has been running since June of last year, and now the final batch of features to match the functionality of legacy scripts has been released. And the rest is still unwritten in the words of Natasha Benningfield. I know that song. (laughs) Thank you for a pop culture reference that's old. I get those. I don't know if that had anything to do with scripts. <laughs> okay. Um, so they said new scripts will soon default to the new scripts experience, but you can still disable it on a script-by-script basis if necessary. Existing scripts won't be affected until September 2022. They recommend moving your scripts over to the new experience before then to ensure continued functionality. And I'm really glad this is like the most realistic quote from this article that Google has ever said, and I'm just going to read it. They said, we tried to implement backwards compatibility, but we can't guarantee every script will work without changes. So definitely take some time to confirm yourself. And everyone definitely needs to do that. I feel like scripts are something, the nature of them is that they're running without you doing anything. Mm -hmm. And if they're working well, like you shouldn't even think about them very often. So everyone needs to do this before the change goes through and make sure everything's working the way it's supposed to be. So I'll run through some of the highlights on this new experience, but most of these are really over my head because Matt built our scripts for us on our team because he's amazing. So I don't have to deal with them really. (laughs) I just get the emails. 
So they support ES6. They have improved throughput, meaning you can process more entities in the same amount of time. They have support for new asset-based extensions. Are we going to have to bleep that little? Oh, we bleep it now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and they have enhanced bidding strategy support. So the following features were added in this new release as of March 14th. Manager account scripts. That's interesting and kind of terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, bulk uploads and video campaigns. So, yes, everyone needs to be aware of that change. Check on your scripts. They're unwell. Hopefully they're not. <laughs> okay, save the date, everybody. May 24th, 2022 is Google Marketing Live. It is at 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's 12 p.m. here. I'm like, that's lunchtime. <laughs> it takes good or bad. But I was just thinking... Every year this happens and people have the funniest tweets after and I like was doing work the whole time and not really paying attention or this year I'll be eating lunch. I want to be in it this year. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do have it. a party. We should have like a Discord live chat. Yeah. I think we can actually do video too. In want. Discord? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something good. I think we'll get some guests. Fun. You can eat while we do it. And we the same, Sam. We need to we'll have Sam. We'll fight Sam. Yeah, just like have like a, a mic ready to go. <laughs> there we go. What do you think of this, Sam? <laughs> And from Chris Ridley, he has a question for PPC chat community. He tweeted this from his at C underscore J underscore Ridley Twitter account. He says, has Google ads provided us with any clarity on whether the audience signal with a performance max campaign is applied as an observation or targeting audience? I think Chris Ridley is giving them way too much credit. I always thought it was like neither of these. I it's agree. just. <laughs> it's just to make you feel good. I said it to a client yesterday. They were trying to ask. I was like, it's a hint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's. Nothing. So Ginny responded after a lot of back and forth between people about what they thought. She says, audience signals are used for optimization to help jumpstart the machine learning. Without them or effective ones, ramp up will take longer. More here from the PPC chat audio session. <laughs> it's not. So they're not observation or targeting. It seems like they're literally just, just jumpstart the, the machine learning. I All I think about this is their machine learning. Do you remember a month ago when YouTube got rid of the um, dislike button because they're, they, their machine Greg, learning? How could we forget? Their you are not over it. Their machine learning couldn't get, couldn't figure out dislike attacks. Yeah. So what if we could have this jump started is, this it? This is the performance max machine learning yeah. from this company. And it's we have some, we're coming up with some more content on performance max too. So I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but it's just, nobody knows anything about this. Like I was talking to my clients the other day. Should we be target um, or audience signaling their first party data, like people who have convert converted? I'm like, I don't know. Doesn't mean you're going after the people again that they've already converted. Is it lookalikes are hard on there? It's just a mess. So, jumpstart the machine learning. Yeah, just jump jumpstart it. We've got some smart people coming on with us to talk about it, and hopefully, we can all figure it out. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> <laughs> just commiserating. So we have a tip from Quentin, and is this from Unbound.nz? Unbound. Okay. I think New Zealand, right? Like Flight of the Concords? Is that where Murray is I don't from? know what Flight of the Concords They're all, They all listen to the show, so shouts to Unbound.nz. That's so nice. Seems like a good agency. I like the design of the site. Yeah. Did it. He said some nice things about us in this email, and I see why my people, we, if you're shy for Discord or Twitter or whatever, we have our form on our website. You can select. I have a breaking piece of PPC news to share. I think this is the first person who's ever done. No, it. we got we got people okay. from the UK that had the issue with the legalese. Oh, I thought we they had, just emailed info. Out. No, we okay. got a lot. We got a lot of people. Never mind. Keep it up, people. 
And if you want, if you have news, use that form or in Discord. We have community submissions. And Christina is like, she's like on the leaderboard. Yeah, we don't have one. Unbelievable. Is she on the payroll? Do we know? <laughs> we got someone's. So the email says, hey guys, FYI, negative keywords can currently only be added by an account manager or admin via ICS, not available to advertisers. The UI accepts negative keywords of all types for Performance Max currently. However, only certain types apply to certain networks. <laughs> I love this. The fact that we even know this is amazing, though. Search and shopping, honor exact, broad, or phrase. Display in YouTube ads are exact match only, and there is a limit of 1,000 keywords. This is all new information to me. Yes. And, and to be fair, this came from a rep to Quentin. I have 100% faith in Quentin and everybody over at Unbound.nz. But I don't know if this rep knew what they're talking right. about or just weaved a nice little tail for Quentin. Right. There's a lot to unpack there if it is true. It doesn't make any sense why it's exact, broad, or phrase, and then display and YouTube aren't broad. I don't even know what negative keywords would be for on display and YouTube. I don't understand any of it. <laughs> I, get, I get it for YouTube if you're like, I don't want to show up for somebody else's brand or I don't want to show up for certain terms, but what, the difference... Oh, like in the YouTube search bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We well, only whatever. get a thousand either way, kids, so choose wisely. There's nothing we know about performance back. <laughs> Literally nothing. Okay, David Herman's at it again. <laughs> at Herman Digital. I love I'm here for this. <laughs> this he says, Meta has just given up on UI. You guys have got to be watching on YouTube if you want to see this. It's truly, I don't even know how to walk you through this. It's unhinged. He's in Ads Manager. I don't have any clients in there right now. Thank God. And I don't, I don't know what I'm working, looking at from like a month ago. So he's got an arrow saying ad set may get zero purchases, expand your audience. Uh, there's like CTAs in there, new ways to reach people who donated to your nonprofit. Then audience estimated daily results, 33 to 97 <laughs> people are going to be reached. Then there's a, a little notification about iOS 14.5 and why you're not reaching anyone. It's busier than a MySpace page. It's, Aww. there's a, you missed the fact that they didn't add a space between 1,000 and people. It's 1,000 people. It's so crazy. <laughs> I don't know how anyone does anything in there. More power to you, David. Like, this is a lot. And, and there was that good other tweet that said, this is an excellent UI for keeping marketing agencies and yes. business which kind of goes hmm. against what people were saying about or what ppc kirk was saying about like keeping things the same well there's this guys that there's everything that's happening is to make it easier on people it is there is mm -mm. nothing mm -mm. happening that is making it easier on people and if it is the goal that that meta and google are making these changes to make it easier on people they are Failing miserably. <laughs> you couldn't get worse than some of these things. But I mean, we're just talking about before. Everything is so hard to understand. Slidey bar. That's where it's at. I do like that. That's the one thing missing from this screenshot, <laughs> actually. <laughs> That's for your budget, okay? Less important. <laughs> okay, and we have an article here. This is a Wired article that was shared by Timnit Jibrew. And it's called Data Brokers Are a Threat to Democracy. And she has a little TLDR for it. It says, need to run ads targeting poor families in rural areas? Check out the data brokers, Rural and 
barely making it data set? Or how about racially profiling financial vulnerability by another company's ethnic second city strugglers data set? This is so icky. She continues, these are just some of the disturbing titles captured in a 2013 Senate report on the industry's data products, which have been only expanded since. Many other data brokers advertise their ability to identify subgroups upon subgroups of individuals through criteria like race, gender, etc. So this definitely was a really creepy article, and I think everyone needs to read it and educate themselves on what's going on because there's some icky stuff going out there, and it could affect all of us. So, And F you to all those people. Yes. You bad advertisers. And thank you, Tim Nitt. We have a little tip here from Aquila DeFazio at Aquila DeFazio on Twitter. She heard a rumor this week. Everyone listen to the whole story before you react. Rumor has it the Facebook pixel is going away next year. Currently awaiting response on this from our agency rep on this. My intention with this is not to spread the rumor, but see what the ad community consensus may be. Would that worry you if it ceased to operate as we know it? A lot of back and forth on this, but then she came back and said, update our Facebook agency rep emailed me back a moment ago and Facebook engineer responded to my tweet, both stating that they do not have plans to, I never know if this is deprecate or depreciate. It's deprecate. Shouldn't there be an I in there? Yeah. I think there's two separate words. Really? We've got to get to the bottom of this. I think she meant to say depreciate the pixel. No, I think there's two words that mean the same thing. They mean the same thing? People just make one. Depreciate is to diminish in value over a period of time. Mm-hmm. I thought like deprecate was like, like self-deprecate. self-deprecation. Yeah. Deprecate is expressed disapproval of. Okay. Well, oh. there's another term for depreciate. You're okay. right. Yeah. People's. Okay. okay. I'm glad we figured this out. Everyone We're, live on the air. How <laughs> dare you make the assumption that Akvila. No. I know. She was quoting. I was just pronouncing it wrong. I know. I okay. So thank you, Akvila. I, you know, keep spreading the rumors. I don't care. I want to hear them. No, we need to hear the rumors because as we've seen, reps don't always know what's going on. Yeah. And this rep who responded to her might not. So everybody right. gird your loins. I hope we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, it's a line from the best movie ever made, Devil Wears Prada, Jess. So relax. Wow. I didn't know That's that was That's what official. the film is called? I didn't know that was <laughs> The devil doesn't wear loins, Shep. I know. Citizen Kane, Devil Wears Prada, all the, all the top. Ones. You know, I've seen both of those, so don't judge. Which one you like better? Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> I thought Adrian Grenier should have won an Oscar for his performance in that. Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. No, he's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about um, Citizen Kane is when they tell you the code for Sims. Did you know that's where it came from? Rosebud? Yeah. I didn't know that's where it came I from. I think it's Spoil. where it came from. Way to spoil that. <laughs> Some people no. haven't got to see it yet. It's the whole movie. He says Rosebud in the opening scene, I think. And then you're just trying to figure out what it means. Turns out, here's the spoiler. It's just the code to make more money on Sims. I believe there was a space semicolon. Just space semicolon. Let, let it breathe a little before you ruin the next movie, all right? <laughs> We've got a tip from Christina from our Discord community. Ever heard of her? She spotted in Facebook Ads Manager this little thing that said three recommendations And when she clicked on it, nothing happened. And then she'd refresh the page and things were going away. But it seems like there may be some recommendations coming for ad creative. I'm sure they'll be wonderful. Another story from Christina this week. This is just a nice light note to end the show on. This is an update on- Wait, we're ending the show? Or end my segment. (laughs) I'm done. I mean, fine. We're long today anyway. Let's end it. I really get to relax after this. Um, We have an update (laughs) on Jedi Blue. 
This is not my LARP character from the Star Wars Hotel. This is... (laughs) Okay, it's really complex. I'm just going to let Drew Angerer, because this angers me, (laughs) from TechCrunch summarize it. So this is a quote. This alleges that Google and Facebook forged a quid pro quo agreement to rig the market in their favor by Google giving Facebook preferential rates and priority choice of prime ad placements in return for the social networking giant supporting its ad system and not building competitive ad technologies or using the publisher rival system header bidding. So that's really not what you want to see to, you know, antitrust divas just getting in the mix together. Okay, so... This was brought to our attention a few months back. Basically, what you need to know now is that the European Commission is now doing their own pro bonnet in addition to the one that's already happening in the United States. So it seems like something bad is happening. And it's I don't like to see it. That's it for pain. <laughs> What's right. happening in organic? Oh, we got some good news they're starting off with here. Google is expanding its free hotel booking links so that they will show on search and maps. If you recall, last year in March, Google started offering free listings within Google Hotel Search. And now, again, it's coming off of Hotel Search and onto Mainstream with Maps and in the Search Engine Results pages. Um, With these links, they'll be taken, users will be taken to the hotel or online travel platform site where they can complete the booking. This also includes new click reporting. So you can see how many people clicked on the free booking links, hotel rates in their Google business profiles, and hotel local posts. I am always a fan of anything free. And I do think long-term, it's better for Google if they make a destination that people join and have great information, like we see with shopping. They can then sell ads on that instead of just charging for it. I don't know why this hasn't happened before, but I'm here for it, and I think it will help hotels. But watch out for a money grab coming later. That is from me, not from George Wynn from Search Engine Land. (laughs) All right, and next up from the Android police, Google's Area 120 wants to make it easier to dub videos into new languages. We should get a little siren for when we have a story. (laughs) 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 All right, and here it is. That's our new Android police (laughs) siren there. And from Android police, they say, Google introduced a new feature called Allowed, and it is from their, again, Area 120. And this is going to help to dub from a video to from one language to another. If you did listen to our must-read article of the week last week, Mr. Beast specifically talked about that and how 10% of people on YouTube speak English. And this may make it a lot easier. I know we talk a lot about accessibility and transcriptions and all that, which is fantastic. And I love to see this translation as well from... Android Police. YouTube is bringing video transcripts to its Android app. And on your Android app, if you're looking on YouTube, you can see this bro in a beanie. And he is, I don't know, he's in like this purple background. I'm I'm assuming, I don't know, the description shows he's got humble beginnings and then extreme. Those are like the chapters he's got. Is that a real man's or is this one of those uncanny valleys? It might be uncanny valley. He might be selling some marketing course. YouTube ads beat Facebook 100% of the time. Anyway, underneath it, you can see you can show the transcript. And the transcript now is there for Android. And you should be able to see it unless you're just Bud crouching over the computer right now. Sit back. 
look up on YouTube. I feel bad for your back. I'm trying to figure out what's you, on his You counter. saw her bad posture in the book. I did. <laughs> That's why he said that, Jess. So I you have it. bad posture when you're zooming in on your computer. And I'm sure he watches this show, my son. My two my and a half year old. <laughs> my kids love the song. They ask, they request the song. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That is sweet. And then they troll me. All right. <laughs> and reviews in Google Local are going missing. This comes from Barry Schwartz by way of, I believe it was Sterling Sky. Maybe not. But there are some reviews that are dropping off. According to Barry, local SEO consultant Jason Brown responded to a number of them saying that Google is aware of this. It's a known technical issue and Google is currently investigating it. There's no ETA on when this will be fixed. So if you're mad, just search the Googleplex and leave them a bad review. Maybe that'll get done faster. Not really. <clears throat> All right. And next up from Christina Gordardo at I am Christina G on Twitter. She has a nice chart here that shows U.S. retail e-commerce conversion rates by device. Surprisingly, in Q3 2021, which is the last date we had here, desktop was down 40 basis points, which is pretty crazy. So down 40 bips from 4.1 to 3.7. Tablet was down as well as the lowest that we've ever seen. And then mobile was down from Q2, but it's actually up from Q3 2020. So I don't know. I, I don't know why desktop would be converting less, but just something to note, I guess, if you're an e-commerce person. All right, and there's a great article by Mia Sato over on The Verge, and it's called Vimeo is telling creators to suddenly pay thousands of dollars or leave the platform. Dun, dun, dun. I put that in. <laughs> but I'm just going to read two paragraphs here. Lois Van Barr, a digital artist based in the Netherlands, joined Vimeo 13 years ago as a student studying animation back when it was an indie creator platform. Patreon didn't offer video hosting, so Lois used Vimeo. I was already paying $200 a year, which I think is pretty expensive, Van Barra says. But I thought, well, it's a quality platform. She uploaded 117 subscriber-only videos so far, and each one gets about 150 views on average. I don't know what the time frame is. Her most viewed video has around 815 views. Not crazy, high, but also probably worth the $200 a year. So she got a notice from Vimeo that gave her a new price because she was in the top 1% of Vimeo users, which is... That's kind of sad As defined Vimeo. by what? It's a, I believe it's bandwidth usage. I mean, maybe she's got great videos. People keep watching them. But the price she got, $3,500. A $3,300 increase from what she had before. And she only has 110, 117 videos. And this says, too... She needed to upgrade to a custom plan. Like, they're just making things up. Yeah. That's bad. It's not even like she was given a chart and like, this is where you fall. That seems sketchy. I know. I, I just wish there was a platform that could get their hack together other than Google mm. to have some sort of YouTube alternative. It seems like some of these platforms started and then the minute TikTok came about, they just abandoned everything. Oh, yeah. Just host your content on TikTok. All right. Next up from Glenn Gabe. BFF of the show 2019, and I need to do a re retraction, I guess. When we talked about Azeem last week, we didn't say he was the current BFF of the show. Mm. So he is the reigning BFF, the reigning, but you're all yep. BFFs. That's the thing. Once a BFF, always a BFF. Yes, but Azeem is current BFF. Anyway, Glenn Gabe says, if you followed my post about setting up a multi-site indexing monitoring system using the URL inspection API, you might dig this. It's how to extend the indexing monitoring system to compare Google-selected and user-selected canonical URLs. 
This is very technical. If you have a technical problem, just call Glenn. <laughs> Read it and then be like, all right. And then just pick up the phone. 1 800 Glenn. Yeah. Go straight <laughs> to his mobile. Um, but basically, if you read this, you can then com compare Canonicals via the URL inspection API. There is Analytics Edge and there is a charge for that, but it is a fantastic article for you technical SEOs out there. And next up from Charles Farina on Twitter. This came out before the GA News a day before it, and he says, Rollup and sub-properties have launched in the Enterprise 360 version of Google Analytics 4. Rollups allow you to combine multiple properties together. Sub-properties allow you to replicate some of the functionality views in the universal analytics provided. This is a game changer. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. huge. You can have multiple, maybe of a career site, maybe of a US. You can combine and roll all these up into one, but it's for the 360 version. This would have been the best PR move Wait. in the world. It's 150K minimum for this version. You can't do mm. it for the normal GA4. This would have been the perfect opportunity to be like, oh, we've got this new feature. It's for everybody. And it's rolling out, and it's a big plus to the GA4 ecosystem. I missed when you said 360, and I was like all yeah. excited. It's the enterprise yeah. version. Yeah, it's, 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 again, the optics. All of this is rushed. All of this is not what Google wanted. And everybody that thinks it, it's like some diabolical thing, no, this is the biggest rush job ever. Nobody's communicating anywhere. There's bugs everywhere. This is, the, this is beta software that's being pushed fast. But you have this opportunity for a feature enhancement. And instead, you're going to rub it in people's face saying, oh, you know what? The next day, you have, you're going to lose all your data coming soon, six months after July 1st. I don't know. Everyone needs to follow Charles with this GA4 change because he's literally tweeting about updates like every minute. Yeah, he's the Christina of ads, to, but for Google Analytics. And speaking of Charles, he also found a new support page that shares how and why they share data across multiple data centers and location. It's called Regional Data Collection. Again, it's likely due to the GDPR and what Google is forced to do. I just wish that they thought about it in a way to provide more value with GA4 instead of pushing people into something that seemed, at least till three months ago, to be a very beta system. All right, and Google has won against genius in the court of law, according to The Verge, with the claim of scraping geniuses or genius lyrics, mm. what it used to be called, their uh, lyrics that they, that they curated themselves. If you recall, it was one of the sneakiest things I've ever seen, using the quotations, genius injected Morse code and said you're caught red-handed by using Morse code in the quotation one versus the other to show that Google did scrape the data that Genius had. Well, Genius lost the case because the court said that they don't own the IP for the lyrics. They didn't write the song. But neither does Google. But apparently you can steal from Genius or scrape the web because nobody owns the lyrics. If I learn one thing from Pam and Tammy, it's that <laughs> the justice system makes no sense. Yeah. I would also like to say that that story literally originated in our old studio, two studios again, before recording from home in the tap dancing studio where yeah. people are tap dancing above us. It's that old? I thought we yes. were home when we were talking about no, this. No, I before that? Maybe then too, but I specifically remember it. Oh. We had to turn the AC off that place. They yeah. were dropping large boxes above our heads. I'm glad we've got a little, I'm glad it's buttoned up, you know? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Me too. That was that was brutal. There, it sounded like there was a literal UFC cage match above <laughs> us every show. But it was just one man and some moxie. Greg used to break the elevator so people couldn't I go did. upstairs. <laughs> They'd be moving all the stuff and break the elevator so we could record. It was, and then we lived literally on top of Train Central. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Anyway, next up from the search on the record podcast, there was a good look about video. Uh, and Google product manager Danielle Marshak was on with Google guys. And Gary talked about how excited he was about short videos and pondered how Google can incorporate more short videos into the search engine results pages or just how they can incorporate more short videos is what Gary said. It started around the 17 minute, 30 second mark. But Danielle was asked what the difference is between short versus long form video. Danielle goes on to say, the article that we're referencing is from Search Engine Journal. They got it wrong. They said it was five minutes. She says it's typically under a minute for short video that can be pulled in. And it's typically a vertical aspect ratio. <laughs> it's like, like that short video. Like you could have horizontal short video too, Danielle. In fact, that would be an innovation. She meant to say TikToks. Right. That's what she meant to say. Mm-hmm. But she can't say TikToks because everybody's copying TikTok. Anyway, the whole point was that instead of getting one really good banana bread recipe, you can get five different takes on banana bread recipes in I don't That's get it. That's literally what search engines are for. We can just do that. I Hot take. Any banana bread recipe is the same, and they're all not good. Wow. All right. And lastly here from Tim Solo from Ahrefs, he has a screenshot, and it is showing a lost link from Ahrefs on February 25th, 2022. That lost link is coming from backlinko.com, one of the most authoritative sites out there for skyscraper content. Brian Dean literally dubbed skyscraper content that way. And it was for uh, the link that showed up first in December of 2021 for a voice search, the definitive guide, and it was removed on February 25th, 2020, according to Tim. Now he tweets, it has begun, shrug, smiley face. I like how the first thing they're doing is removing any mentions of Ahrefs from Backlinko. And in case you forgot, a publicly traded SEO tools company purchased Backlinko, a competitor from Ahrefs purchased Backlinko, and it appears that they have been removing the links to their competitor, allegedly. Now, I'm going to say this, and everybody's going to roll their eyes thinking that I don't know what I'm saying, but I do, and you're wrong, everybody rolling their eyes. How could this not be seen as negative SEO. This is like galaxy brain negative SEO. Instead of buying links for somebody, you're allegedly buying sites and taking them down. I know you're not manipulating page rank in your favor. Tell me that you're not manipulating page rank against your competitors. Allegedly. It's the anti-buying links. It's the buying a site and removing links. It is genius in evil. And it's negative SEO. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if you don't listen again. This is negative SEO. This is the smartest negative SEO that I've ever seen in my life. You buy the site that is a dominant site in the SERPs, and then you just slowly strip away your competitor's links. Tell me that's not manipulating page rank. Allegedly. Tell me that. I can't, I can't. can't tell you. Yeah. 
everybody's going, oh, it's not negative fallacy. I know it's not technically by the way you're defining it. I'm saying it's better than your stupid definition of negative SEO. So I've got an IRL meme here. Average brain. Let's make content better than our competitors. Super brain. Let's scrape the web and reach out to get placement on content where our competitors are. Extreme brain. Let's offer to pay to get placed on the content where our competitors are and remove them instead. Galaxy brain. Just buy the entire site and remove those links. And that's it for Organic Just. What's happening in social? Not that much. <laughs> A lot. Oh, you know, a lot of news over there? I have a lot of news. Okay. So, late last week, but post-recording of last week's show, Twitter announced a change in their timeline. They have since retracted said change. But the original tweet stated, this is from at Twitter support, the home and latest timelines are now just a swipe away for everyone on iOS and soon on Android and web. Not soon. My words. Tap the sparkle icon to pin or unpin the latest timeline to your home tab for easy access. Basically, they were trying to give people an easy and intuitive way to view their timeline chronologically versus their algorithm. The feature was squashed within just a few days. TechCrunch wrote a whole article last week, bless them. They had to toss in this week the lovely text saying, update, on Monday, following complaints as to how users could not have their timelines default to recent tweets, Twitter removed the tabbed experience. And Twitter said the words that everyone wants to hear, we heard you. And I, I could insert an overdone joke about their ad platform, but instead they were just talking to regular old users. We heard you. Some of, the, some of you always want to see the latest tweets first. We've switched the timeline back and removed the tabbed experience for now while we explore other options. Wow, that was pretty fast. It was a really quick, it was like a four day, and part of that was the weekend. So they were listening on the weekend. Wild. And I don't know how y'all feel about this one, but I literally said to Data by Syria, Sarah earlier when I read this, that Twitter needs to just stop throwing shit at the wall. The one and only Jane Manchin Wong at Wong M. Jane on Twitter spotted yet another monetization opportunity on the platform. This is what I was alluding to earlier. It's called Tweet Awards. Season to season. <laughs> it's nothing as great as a clock skirt. It's basically their version of gifts, stickers, stars, those things that Greg loves so much. Digital gifts, if you will. Um, according to social media today, they did ask Twitter for a comment, but they received the generic, we're always looking for new ways to help people engage. They don't have further information to share at this time. I think all this stuff is really stupid, but if anyone does deserve an award, it's Jane. So if that button was really working, it looks like a little little present with a plus sign on it. Um, we'll have a screenshot up if you're watching the video. I feel like she would deserve it if anyone was going to get it, but I don't know. This is just so it's dumb. stupid. They have so many different ways to give people money. Reddit is doing a nice thing for its users. The platform's creator stats dashboard is being made available now to about 90% of users on desktop. If you haven't heard of this at all, it's probably because the feature was disabled for a long time, like years, due to scaling and performance issues. But just a few months ago, they brought it back for about half of desktop users as an experiment, essentially, on eligible posts. Now it is coming back for the majority of users, which is awesome. It's data on total post views, upvote rate, community karma earned, and total shares. It'll be made available to the original poster as well as moderators in the community where the post was made. But the data is going to expire after 45 days, sounds like, to combat some of those scalable issues. Uh, Reddit did say, too, that they're looking to expand this analytics into the mobile app as well, but they didn't give any timeline. It's just nice that they're trying. 
Speaking of trying, according to The Verge, Instagram is finally letting live creators appoint moderators during their streams. They'll have the ability to report comments, remove viewers, turn off comments for a specific viewer. This is huge because if you're live, I feel like you're busy entertaining people yeah. and you don't have time to babysit. So I ship this. Maybe we can use it during Google Marketing Live. Great idea. There's going to be so many trolls, you know? Including Greg's children. Sales <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to try it if they ever make you some. Small update to Facebook. Matt Navarro spotted what looked like, I guess, to describe a more visible tabs to switch between stories, reels, and rooms. It used to look like a tag cloud. Now it just looks like tabs you can pick from. Seems small, but visually it is quite different. We'll have screenshots up if you're watching us. This I like from Adweek. LinkedIn looks to erase the stigma associated with career breaks and resumes. New options enable members to share the reasons for them and add context. So basically, if you have any gaps in your employment, you can add some color around that that hopefully will make an employer not skip you and maybe leads to great conversation. You can really relate to folks. I like I that a lot. It's nice, right? I mean, the world, as we've seen, is a crazy place the last couple of years. A lot of things have happened to people outside of their control. And that's not new, but this is. So I love it. Yeah. And it's just like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to have an answer. Like, you don't have to have everything filled in. There's answers to why. And there's tasteful ways to do it. I, I, I dig it. Yeah. I do, too. Just say you're being a growth ninja. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry you couldn't target me. <laughs> Nobody could see me, literally. How can I get hired? <laughs> Oh, shop. I think you'll like this next one. According to Variety, TikTok has become the official partner of the Cons Cans Film Can, Festival. I don't think it is. Yeah, I think it cannies. is Can. Cannies. Cannies. All right. I like that. The Cannies. The Numbies are in on the Cannies, and TikTok is going to be a sponsor. This is a quote. While it banned selfies on the red carpet several years ago, I didn't know that. Cannies is looking to draw global eyeballs and will provide TikTok users with exclusive content from backstage, glamorous red carpet scenes, and interviews with talent. Wow. So you don't need to be on E to watch the red carpet. Yeah. Isn't that nice? I wish Joan Rivers was here. Oh, RIP in peace. Too soon. I, just, I like that they said eyeballs, too, because we say ear holes, and I feel like they're the same thing, just different part well, of your eyeballs face. Eyeballs are like a real thing people say. <laughs> ear holes isn't. It's debatable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Cool for uh, cool for TikTok. Way to go. From Reuters, Meta platforms will allow Facebook and Instagram users in some countries to call for violence against Russians and R Russian soldiers in the context of Ukraine invasion, according to internal emails seen by Reuters on Thursday in a temporary change to its hate speech policy. That's a direct quote from the article. The article also has a direct quote from Meta itself that kind of explains it a little bit more. It says, as a result of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we have temporarily made allowances for forms of political expression that would normally violate our rules, like violent speech, such as death to the Russian invaders. We still won't allow credible calls for violence against Russian civilians, a Meta spokesperson said in a statement. So they're making a distinction there, but people probably aren't going to read this. So I think that's just important to call out that it... Seems like they're trying. I'm not expressing an opinion on that, but I mean, if they've they made a distinction, do a good job policing any of this as they do with like ad disapprovals. It's not going to matter anyway. <laughs> yeah, but <clears throat> a good a good point. Try as best you can to make sure that you aren't advertising in very sensitive content while still supporting news outlets because they need money. A lot of people do pull back and just check where you're showing up. Yeah. 
speaking of pulling back and related news, a Washington Post analysis found that traffic to Russian state media sites tanked on YouTube and Facebook following action by those companies. So in the first four days of the invasion, viewership of more than a dozen Russian state-backed propaganda channels on YouTube spiked to unusually high levels. So just a couple of weeks later, it has dropped to zero because YouTube has blocked those channels globally, helping derail what they're calling one of the most powerful propaganda propaganda engines in the world. Um, two dozen media channels backed by the Russian government on Facebook also experienced similar spikes. And according to this analysis from the Washington Post, those also plummeted as Facebook and Meta um, instated a ban in Europe. That seems like the move. That seems like a better move. Yeah. Personally, but whatever. Yeah, they're they're looking at, at all of it. Um, they're also looking at NFTs. So <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is on an endless quest to make me feel hip. He announced that NFTs are coming to Instagram and suggested that users will be able to mint things within that environment. Really? I gotta go. <laughs> There's not a lot of details in the article, which I wouldn't have understood if they were there. But the only thing they really said is that they're looking to bring NFTs to the platform in the near term. I'm so sick of NFTs. But do you like cryptocurrency? Because I have another article for you. (laughs) One that I did not read. So you will have to. X Meta employees raised $200 million from A16Z Tiger Multicoin. There's commas in there. Uh, to realize Facebook's crypto dreams. This is a TechCrunch article. If you are into that, you should read it. I have no idea what any of that means, but basically they're not with Facebook anymore, but they're trying to do what it seems like Facebook wants to do. Who knows? Crypto box. Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh, from social media today, Twitter is testing upgrades to its image alt text descriptions for vision impaired users with a new alt badge that is added to images where the text descriptions are available. Love to see that. Brandwatch has announced that it entered into a definitive agreement to acquire Paladin, which is a comprehensive influencer marketing platform. So they're looking to basically bring those capabilities into the Brandwatch suite uh, to give people more meaningful ways to connect with consumers. So great for people who care about social, unlike me. You do the news! (laughs) I care about our listeners, and so I deliver the news. Killer cares. Killer cares about about social media, so we have that. Thank goodness. Last up here in social, Pinterest knows you're lazy. Just kidding. But their latest update does make life a lot easier for creators that have a big following on other platforms. According to social media today, Pinterest has released a new update now giving users the option to download and share their idea pins on other social media platforms. For now, those platforms just include Facebook and Instagram, but I could see this going wider. Basically, you create your idea pin and then it has an in-app function essentially to share to Facebook stories or Instagram stories. I think that's great. Pinterest is banking on the fact that folks are creating good stuff in their platform and then they can share it out and it's got the little Pinterest logo. Like they're making it easy for their people. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. Mm -hmm. You take content on your platform and you make it easy to distribute to other platforms. You don't try to make other platforms. Right. Killer. Do you see this image of the, what is it? Shop you said is a milkshake? It says it's a smoothie, but it looks weird. It's a cocktail. Uh, What are your thoughts on this, Killer, about the fact you can pull idea pins off to other locations? I think it's a good thing. Um, I think, you know, I understand like you saying it's for, it could be a good thing for lazy people. Um, I think it just makes it maybe more cohesive and consistent for creators. So that way they can just seamlessly 
pull whatever content they have from Pinterest and move it over to whether apps are using. For sure. And, and if the place you're making the original content is on your platform, you're going to keep bringing those people back. If they're just sharing their stuff to other platforms, like how smart is that? Yeah, you don't have to operate a whole new platform. It just mm -hmm. is a way to bring people back to your Pinterest. Pins. So smart. Love it. Love it. Way to end on a high note. Pinterest, thank you. And thank you, Keller. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I just feel as though Google Ads does not load anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and without fail, it always happens when I'm on a call with a client and I have a question, I just want to look and show them live in the platform. It's spinning. The loading bar just keeps going and going. It's terrible. It's the worst. Hardly working. Murphy's Law. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Jess? Uh, so for all that time you're losing for that, I just want to advocate for automating things that you think are small, right? Data by Sarah on our team is working on an automated version of spreadsheets that we just manually update. They take us five minutes a day to do, which feels like nothing. That's like two hours a month. She's saving us time. Like nothing is too small to automate if you have a way. Advocating for that, working hard. For me, I want to find the UX designer at Slack and I want to have some choice words with them <laughs> because I work from home two days a week and I always hit that call button on Slack Ooh. and some moron changed the call button to have a drop down to either huddle with mm -hmm. a team or to call, which is the phone button again. Put it side by side. I keep hitting that call button like I used to do, and it gives me a drop down, and I feel like I'm supposed to be connected. And I wait, I'm like, why aren't I connecting? And I have to go back. Why would you do that? Who thought that was a good idea? I hate you. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is an update coming to Google Docs. They are, wait for it, adding an email template for joint drafting. And we can all insert a collective, because we've all had a need for someone to help I us write an email. I am so guilty and annoying about this. Not at all. It's wonderful. It's a thing that collaboration works, right? There's a reason we do it. But there is more. This new feature is going to integrate with Gmail. So you'll collaborate on the email and then essentially with the click of a button, you can transfer the email draft over to that pop-up in Gmail. Unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable. Like you don't even have to copy paste the stuff you collaborated with. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Right? So more like who email, am I right? <laughs> It should be. <laughs> Did I just ruin it? <laughs> yeah, I hate this. I hate this too. It's going to be rolled out probably in the next month or so. But in the meantime, 9 to 5 Google has a fine article that runs through exactly how it works. We'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Krista Seiden, an ex-Oogler, and she says, Universal Analytics is dead and has a thread about everything you need to know ASAP. It's a short thread, 10 different points. She runs through why you shouldn't panic, what you should do now, what you're going to have to do later. And I believe she has a webinar with Amalia Fowler next month, I believe, or maybe end of month. But check it out. It's a great thread. If you are panicked, don't be. She gives you comfort. Thank you, Krista. 
And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to. And you can see that playlist over at playlist.marketingoclock.com. Greg, what is going on marketing a playlist this week? The band Atlantic City. Is the bit the, the Chicken Man. Okay, the song is the band. The, the band, band is, is the, band. the band. The song is Atlantic City. Okay. It's a little confusing. <laughs> I will be adding one that's not confusing at all. So yesterday by Miss Hillary Duff. <laughs> I've heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> um The opposite of Hillary Duff, King Nothing by Metallica. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, that does it for today's show. <laughs> it is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we cover. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. We are bringing back a game slash draft that we did a few weeks ago. You may remember we named songs that made you want to get up and do something. So this week, we're going to name songs that make you want to stop and do something or I guess not do something. Greg says that there is one obvious pick. <laughs> There's three obvious picks And that for me. he Whoa. wants to go first. So what? I know, no, I can go whatever you want. You set the order. Okay, can I say what? I'm going to go first. Let's You're see first. if you th- thought this was the obvious pick. I'm going to pick Ice Ice Baby. The obvious pick. If you that need to collaborate it? and That's listen. That's the one? <laughs> yes. Oh, that wasn't mine. There's a few. Because <laughs> I know if you make a game, it has to be the most literal <laughs> game ever. So I figured that was the easiest one we need to collaborate. It doesn't even have stop in the title, though. Other ones do. What other song starts with stop, collaborate, and listen? Stop, okay. It starts with that. Literally, we're only picking two songs. I have eight on my list, so now I'm mad at myself. Okay, well, let me go next then since you already stole Greg's pick because this is the pick that I thought was going to be Greg's obvious choice. The Rough Riders Ah! Anthem by DMX. (laughs) You got (laughs) to open up shop. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Uh, was that it's, it? It's literally was on my it? screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. At least I knew what you were thinking. That's so all that mattered to me. What does it make you want to stop and do? Drop and shut them down. Open up open shop. Open up shop. Yeah, oh. What are you talking about? No. <laughs> you know? All right. Killer, what is your choice? Okay, I definitely did not go the literal route. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, I chose When I Grow Up by the Pussycat Dolls. It makes me want to stop and put on a whole performance. That wow. is a great one. Yes. I would love to see the performance. The okay. Pussycat Dolls show lately. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in a row. All right. And for me, my first pick is when you need to get to work, when you need to do some construction, when you need to pick up, pick up a hammer, MC Hammer, I don't know the name of the song, but stop. Can't touch this? Hammer time. Can't touch it. <laughs> does he say break it down hammer time? So it makes you want to stop? He says stop. Oh, he does? Hammer, hammer time. So he makes you want to hammer? Like <laughs> You already took my picks here, all right? I'm just going the literal route to mess with you. So I have MC Hammer. Just so you, you know, I'm this. really good at that dance move. Let, let's it. see. Show the audience. <laughs> this is a podcast. Sorry. Well, we have a camera right here. <laughs> Watch it. it. And we're well, trying to get more TikTok. video. She's views. doing it under do the table. TikTok sometime. Okay. All right. Maybe not hold you today. Maybe not tomorrow. <laughs> now we only have two this time. Is it Serpentine here? Um. Yeah, That's I only guess fair. so. Yeah. Okay. 
So I'm going to steal this one from PVC Craig. This is when you need to stop sometimes exactly what you're doing and you need to put your hands up. All right? And so it's Miley Cyrus party in the USA. <laughs> that will make you stop dead in your tracks and put your hands up. It does. You it won't does. do any. You will stop everything you're doing and your those hands will go up. You cannot listen to that song without stopping and putting your hands up. It's a nice song. I would say that I could like move around while my hands are up, but I respect the choice. Well, let's see that dance too. <laughs> Killer. Okay, this one my mom is gonna be super proud of me for. Um, this is a Polish song, a polka song. So I apologize for me trying to pronounce the singer's name, but it is Who Stole the Kishka by <laughs> <laughs> Frankie Yankovic and his Yanks. Wow. Oh, and the Yanks. <laughs> yes. So whenever I hear this song, I want to stop whatever I'm doing and find out who stole the kishka. Oh, wow. So do you celebrate Dingus Day? Yes. For anyone who doesn't know, it's kind of, it's a Polish thing, but I feel like only people in Western New York celebrate Definitely. it. Yeah. It's coming up Monday after <laughs> Easter. Yes. I'm excited for you. And if you don't know about Dingus Day, I think there was John Stewart clip. Where, or, no, or, no. Anderson, Anderson Cooper. Cooper. Yes. It was Anderson so Cooper. So good. Where he couldn't finish the, the segment. He was laughing so hard about <laughs> what happens on Dingus Day in Buffalo. I love that. Okay, Jess, what's your last pick? Oh, this was hard for me. I feel like I can't beat my first pick, but I'm going to go with Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult because it will just make people stop questioning whether SNL was funnier with Will Ferrell on it. Wait, because it hasn't been funny since. What's the what the more cowbell skit? Oh, that's what they're singing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you stop to do what? You stop questioning whether or not it was funnier that back is then. So it was detailed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I used up my good one just trying to be good. <laughs> okay. You can't hear the lyrics over the cowbell. That's the point. It was funny. Okay. My final choice is going to surprise you. It's the shout song because when they play it at weddings, I do this little skit where I stop when he's like a little bit softer now and I lay <laughs> on the ground and I pretend I need to be resuscitated. And then. <laughs> My husband does like the defibrillator. <laughs> and then I jump back up. So it makes me want to stop and lay on the floor. Take Did a little you break. do this at your wedding? Oh, yeah. Every wedding I've ever been to. Wow. You are a maniac. I <laughs> and I am here for it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is everybody's picks? Um, okay. So I was first. So I am going to do Ice Ice Baby. It makes you want to stop, collaborate, and listen. And the shout song makes you want to stop and lay on the floor until you're resuscitated. Jess? Uh, don't fear the reaper, blue oyster cult. You will stop questioning whether or not SNL was funnier with Will Ferrell. I always. Do. <laughs> <laughs> the Rough Riders anthem by DMX because you'll stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. Killer. R.I.P. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> My picks were When I Grew Up by the Pussycat Dolls and Who Stole the Kishka by Frankie Kinkovic and his Yanks. Oh, those yanks. Great. Right, and I have MC Hammer, You Can't Touch This When You Need to Stop because it's hammer time. <laughs> and I have Miley Cyrus, Party in the USA. We need to stop and just get those hands up. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll have to put a poll somewhere where you can pick your favorite list, and we'll see you next week. Who's Billy Johnson from Pickle County? <laughs> hey, do you know what Pickle County is? No. It's pickles dipped in chocolate, <laughs> uh, dipped in salad sauce. <laughs>